Welcome to the Women in STEM podcast. I am your host, Kelly. Hello, Kate. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi. Uh, yes, I, I certainly would. My name is Kate Bezesnik. I'm the founder of Quirk, which is a personal branding and career consulting firm that was established to help accelerate the careers of tech executives and rising information technology professionals who are seeking personal fulfillment and life satisfaction. My clients uh, benefit from curated resumes, LinkedIn profile development and career coaching around job search strategy, interview preparation, and offer negotiation. I am located in South Florida in the United States. And in my free time, I like collecting mid-century furniture, and I also enjoy live reggae music. Uh, So that's a little bit about me. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, So thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. Wow, Kate. Thank you for that introduction. I found out some new things I didn't know about you. Yeah, I thought I would would share a couple personal things. Um, I know it makes it a little easier sometimes for listeners to connect when there's uh, something else we share in common. So I appreciate the opportunity to, to say hi. Yes, definitely. And we appreciate having you here. So what is an interview and what would you say is the purpose of an interview? It's a great question. An interview is really a meeting of two parties, you know, an employer and a potential employee to get introduced and determine whether or not there's a fit for a working relationship. You know, the purpose is really for the employer to get to know the candidate as a professional, as an individual and as a potential colleague, whereas the employee or the potential uh, candidate has an opportunity to get to know more about the position the company and potential colleagues, you know, is there an alignment and synergy between the employer and candidate? I liken it to uh, finding a life partner, a romantic partner, where both sides need to align in, in needs and what they have to offer. So a lot of times it's, you know, does the candidate have the proper qualifications and experience for f- future success in the role? And on the flip side, it's a really great opportunity for a job candidate to be able to understand whether or not the working environment would be a positive one and whether or not their unique talents and skills uh, would be an asset there. Wow, that's definitely very informative. And what are your best suggestions for somebody that wants to get prepared for an interview? Yeah, the first piece of advice I have for preparing for an interview is know your resume extremely well, because there's a very good chance that you are going to be asked during that interview about your resume and perhaps to be walked through your career history. So that would be the first piece of advice. The second would be make sure you have two to three and maybe even four solid examples of accomplishments or achievements that you can easily and concisely recite. So let me give you an example um, of how you might do that. There's a methodology called STAR that if you've been in a behavioral interview, you might be, um, you might be familiar with. STAR stands for situation or task, action and result. So I wanna give you an example of what an accomplishment would be using the STAR method. Um, One of my clients was asked to shave some money off of her budget, and she had no idea where she was going to find the money to uh, cut. 
So what she ended up being able to do was renegotiate the CRM contract for the organization and saved $50,000 per year over the course of three years. Now, the way we might include that in, in, uh, on the resume and be able to articulate that is saying something like, um, you know, I'd like to share an example with you about where I was faced with a challenge of shaving uh, my budget down. And so what I was able to do was find an opportunity in my contracts to renegotiate the CRM service agreement that we already had in place. As a result, I was able to save the company $150,000 over the course of three years and was able to meet my budget restrictions. So that's sort of the formula that someone um, who's getting ready to interview might use. You'll notice that my answer is pretty concise. It didn't take a long time to explain, and it gave very specific information about the accomplishment, including money savings, the course of time that it took place, um, and it gives the full scope of what that particular employee is capable of. And then the last piece of advice I would get um, for preparing for an interview would be do your homework. Research the company, research your interviewers if you know who they're going to be, and make sure you know that job posting inside and out because you're going to be asked how your qualifications align directly toward future success in that role. Yes, that's a great response. And what would you say are the most common interview mistakes that people make? Well, this is really an interesting question because I saw a study not too long ago in which recruiters were asked to give feedback about what they thought uh, the biggest mishaps or mistakes that job candidates were having, particularly in this Zoom interviewing world. So the first thing that they mentioned was candidates having a poor Wi-Fi connection, right? Just the disruption of an interview in general. Um, another piece they pointed out was not having good eye contact, uh, particularly if you're video conferencing, you want to feel like you're actually in the same room as someone and eye contact is absolutely critical. And then another piece um, uh, of feedback that recruiters gave is just inappropriate attire. Make sure that you're aware of what uh, people or your potential colleagues typically wear in the work environment. Now, that might be a little tricky because we are in the world of remote working, but be cognizant of what um, candidates are wearing in social media posts. You could even ask your, your recruiter, if you're working with one, to potentially advise what, what internal candidates or internal employees wear. And then I would dress a step up above that. And then lastly, um, one of the largest mistakes, and this is an area that I would urge uh, job candidates to focus on, is a lot of interviewees lack concrete examples of how they perform in the workplace. And this kind of goes back to those achievements and being able to articulate uh, the things that you've accomplished in detail, but in a very concise way. Right. I can definitely see how people might make that mistake and why it's very important to be aware of it and what would you say are the most common interview questions mm, yeah another great question um so you know it's interesting there are there do tend to be some questions that are frequently asked across the board to most job candidates and the first one that comes up oftentimes is can you tell me a little bit about yourself and this is um 
a question that should be taken very seriously because it really sets the tone for the rest of the interview. They're not necessarily asking you, you know, where you're from, you know, um, how long you've been, uh, how long your career is. They want to know um, who you are as an employee. They want to know what you'd be like to work with. They want to know how your past experience aligns to success in this new role. They're asking you to give insight into who you are as, as an employee and how you can deliver impact and value to the organization. So I would say that's one of the most common questions. Um, I would also add to that, what are your greatest strengths and what are your greatest weaknesses? And what I would say for both of these, but particularly your greatest strength, I'd like to hear some examples um, of, of your strengths, not just, you know, I'm a good listener, but to give an example where your listening skills either made an impact on the organization, helped resolve a conflict or some other type of situation. Now, the question, what are your weaknesses or what is your greatest weakness is a little trickier because you have to be really careful about what you say is your weakness. For example, you don't want to say, well, I generally just don't get things done on time. You know, that doesn't reflect well on you, but you also don't want to be dishonest. So one thing you could say is, you know, uh, for example, I tend to get uh, bogged down in the details. And so uh, I want to give you an example of how I kind of got overwhelmed with all the details. And here's what I did to alleviate that situation. And in the workplace, this is what you can expect from me. So you're giving examples of how you overcome or how you're addressing the weakness. So you appear a real human being, but you're also uh, discussing how you're actually improving yourself to overcome some of those weaknesses. Um, to add to that, I would also, you know, there's a lot of questions that are sort of similar. You know, why do you want to work for this organization? What makes you qualified for this job above other candidates? Or why should we hire you? So these are some other questions that you want to have stories prepared for so that you can give very specific examples of why you're qualified, why you're different or better than the other candidates that they'll be interviewing. Very interesting. And is there a difference between the interviewer's expectation of somebody who's early in their career versus somebody who might have 10 years plus experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. The expectations are a little bit different. So one thing to point out is that more professionally mature candidates may have more achievements because their, their career is longer. They've had more time to acquire them. So, you know, one of the expectations is simply that they're going to ask um, more professionally mature candidates about their, their career history and the achievements or accomplishments they've acquired. Now, if you're entry level or you're an early career candidate, maybe you've been out of school for two or three years, you're much more likely to be asked questions about your formal education, training, if you were in an internship or apprenticeship. Because if you're fresh out of college or maybe you're entering the workforce, um, you might potentially lack job experience that a more senior candidate would have. So questions that interviewers might ask is, you know, how is your education prepared you to step into this role? 
They may ask about apprenticeships or internships that you've engaged in. Because here, here's what we see. Entry-level or fresh out of college candidates may have a series of shorter job engagements, such as internships. And so the questions that are being asked are less around you know, professional experience and more around the type of experience that someone's gained um, you know, either training or on the job. Um, so that's that's the biggest difference, I would say, is is younger uh, candidates or less experienced candidates being asked about their training and their education, whereas more mature or um, or candidates that have longer work experience are more likely to be asked specifically about each of the jobs they've held and how they've uniquely positioned them for um, having success in the next role that they're applying for. Now, there are some similarities here. Now, both early, uh, early career and late or later career candidates are going to be asked how they handle certain situations, why that particular position stuck out to them, and what makes them qualified to move into the role. So there are more similarities, I would say, than differences. Um, and so I would just be aware of that, you know, if you're entry level to be very prepared to talk about your education and any, any informal training or volunteerism that you've engaged in. And if you have a longer career history, be very prepared to speak to each of the roles that you have held over the past several years. Very, very interesting. And is it common to have more than one interview round? And why do companies make you have more than one interview round why can't they just have one interview well wouldn't that make life a little easier if we only (laughs) had to do one now on the flip side of that i think about man if you only have one opportunity and you flop then you're done Mm -hmm. now if you flop the first interview anyways in the series of several interviews you know you still potentially disqualify yourself but at least you have a chance so yes, it is very common these days to have more than interview. However, I am seeing that maybe companies that would have a series of four or five interview sessions might only have two or three now. The process of bringing on candidates in a lot of cases seems to have ramped up to be a little bit faster. Uh, jobs are being filled more briskly than they have in the past. So companies have a few reasons for holding more than one interview. And one reason is simply to expose that candidate to more people within the organization, not just the recruiter or the hiring manager, but their potential manager or boss, their potential colleagues. Remember, we're looking for a match, maybe not made in heaven, but we're looking for a match here. So they want to give the candidate and internal employees enough opportunity to see if there is an alignment between that candidate and the role that they're applying for. Now, the other piece of this is that um, additional interviews give the opportunity to see how job candidates behave over the course of multiple engagements, right? Does this person have a stellar, you know, first time engagement with someone, but then flops the second and third interviews? They want to know if you are consistent in the way that you speak and present yourself. Um, They want to make sure that you are, in fact, the right fit. And then lastly, you know, there there are several interviews because the process of, of finding a candidate may not be able to be accomplished in 45 minutes, right? They've only seen your resume. Maybe they've probably looked over your LinkedIn profile. 
uh, subsequent interviews are also used to assess your knowledge and your behavior. I really liked your explanation of that and it definitely makes sense now why why there is more than one interview and why that would be very important to a company. And with regards to interviews, how long should you wait for a reply? How long should you wait for, for you to get a message for them or a phone call from them to say whether you've been successful or not? Well, that is a question that I get all the time. So I would, you know, this is interesting. In the past, I would say follow up within four to five days if you haven't heard back from that recruiter. However, because the process of hiring seems to have ramped up the um, speed of hiring candidates, then I might advise um, interviewees to check back within three days and see if the recruiter has some feedback or can give some information about when the person uh, may actually uh, be brought in for another interview or receive an offer letter. Yes, that's definitely, I feel like that can be very important and you sometimes might have a lot of anticipation and you're not sure whether to ask or not to ask. Um, I'll definitely recommend to make sure that you check your emails and also to make sure that you check your junk emails as well. Um, because I've had times when they've replied to me, but for some reason it ended up in like my spam email and I was like worried. I was wondering why haven't they replied to me, but they actually did. So definitely be, um, making sure that you check all your emails and you check in your, um, junk or spam account that it hasn't accidentally gone into there. And Excellent advice. Definitely yes. check in your spam folders before you reach out. I love that Kelly. Yes. And, you know, sometimes you might have done the interview and it might not have gotten gone well. And so you might not really be interested in getting feedback. But why is it important to ask even in those moments to get feedback about your interview? Mm, yes, there are, are, are a few different reasons that job candidates benefit from receiving feedback. Uh, first of all, it's a great way to figure out where you're missing the mark. Are you presenting yourself and your qualifications in a way that just simply didn't align with the job posting you're applying for? You can also find out, you know, which of the examples of your achievements are irrelevant to the job. Um, we can be very accomplished in one area of our lives, such as project management. But if the product or if the job that we're applying for is in um, being an accountant, then perhaps, you know, project management examples or accomplishments aren't going to actually benefit you in that particular interview. Um, and then thirdly, I would add that, you know, the feedback that we get from recruiters or hire managers based on our performance in an interview can also um, help us learn what we can do to improve in the next interview. And that could even be as granular as you know, you didn't keep good eye contact. I would have liked to see you smile more. And, you know, the smile comment's kind of a weird one because it can be awkward to be told to smile. But when you are being videotaped, it really is important to smile even when it feels uncomfortable. Because remember, we are a bit more critical when we're featured on video than even if we are in, in person. And that seems counterintuitive, but it's actually true. Um, so definitely reach out for feedback. There are some recruiters 
um, who make that available. Uh, but be aware that there are other recruiters who may not be willing or able or have time to be able to give the kind of feedback that could help interviewers or interviewees perform better in the future. Yes, I definitely think that if you do have the opportunity to get feedback, definitely ask for it. It can definitely be very insightful because oftentimes we can do mock interviews with our friends or our families, but there might be some technical aspects that they might not be aware of or might not ask you. So when you get feedback from a company, you're more likely to get that um, personalized feedback that you actually need to make you go to that next level. And I think that's always important to remember that there's always going to be you know, other opportunities out there. So it's better that you start preparing yourself even when you feel like you're not really up for it. And I was actually going to ask you, what is your personal advice to you would give somebody from bouncing back from rejection? Oh, yes. You know, the first thing I would say is give yourself some grace. Be kind to yourself. We are in a competitive job market. There's a lot of transitioning between roles and industries. And, and so know that you are competing against a lot of other qualified candidates out there. So just give, you know, go easy on yourself. Also, know that you're not the only one struggling with rejection. Um, you know, the rest of job seekers who are out there, your peers, your competitors are also facing the same thing. And I'm not saying that makes it easier or makes you feel better, but just to feel a little less alone that you are not singled out. You are not a failure. You just, here's how I explain it. When you don't get a job or you face re rejection from a specific company, in my personal opinion, I believe that just means that job was not the right fit. That's as simple as it is. And if you were to get a job uh, in that role, and it had already sort of been established that maybe it wasn't the greatest alignment that you could find yourself very unhappy. So that's one thing is just to change your mindset about um, maybe this was an opportunity that I was dying to have, but on the flip side, that maybe it actually wasn't the best fit and maybe I dodged a bullet there. Um, and then I would also say a way to bounce back from rejection is consider applying for um, short-term gigs or start a side hustle. That way, you know, the fear of rejection or the pressure that it comes from job searching can be alleviated a little bit because you have some kind of financial uh, stability and also can build confidence by doing something professionally while you're job seeking. So sometimes that can help people bounce back from rejection. But I would say the number one thing is to just be kind. Um, go do something nice for yourself. Take yourself out for lunch. Go see a friend for coffee. Um, but above all, don't give up. Keep going because I truly believe that the right opportunities and jobs are out there when we are, are, are our most authentic selves and demonstrate what we can do in terms of impact um, in a role or on an organization. Yes, I definitely agree with that as well. I've been through it myself as well and sometimes it can definitely be disheartening but it's more than likely going to happen a lot of the times people don't tend to get the job with the first interview so it's something that you know you should be try to prepare yourself that sometimes it might happen and also definitely give yourself that grace look at it as a learning opportunity and try to look at areas where you can improve 
but definitely don't give up keep on going and you're definitely not alone uh, agreed and you know kelly one thing i was i wanted to mention too while we were chatting is that every interviewee every job candidate should have some specific questions to ask their interviewer and the reason is is because remember we're looking for a match between uh, an employer and an employee or a potential employee. So it's an opportunity for a candidate to also learn more about the company and the role. So question um, that I like uh, candidates to ask is, you know, who did this role before me? And what were the observations that you made about what worked and what didn't? And there's, there's strategy behind some of these questions. We want to know you know, what were some of the challenges the previous um, employee faced? How did they or did they not overcome them? And when they give you that information, it empowers you to be able to share one of your examples of an accomplishment or achievement that fills that gap. So you're sort of addressing the elephant in the room or the pain point and being able to immediately overcome uh, what could be a potential objection. Um, another one would be, you know, what are the three to six month goals you'd like to see accomplished? Again, a great example or a great opportunity for you to give specific examples of how you can deliver value in those timeframes. So I would just like to urge uh, anyone who's preparing to interview, make sure you have three to four solid questions, not you know, uh, how many other candidates are you interviewing or what's next up? While those can be good questions, be more strategic. And, and the other piece of advice I would give around this is not only have your questions prepared, but prioritize them in order of importance or in order of which you would, um, the answer is most valuable to you. So that would be an added piece of advice uh, for interviewees or job candidates to follow. Yes, definitely. I think that's some great advice. And I think people will definitely be interested in finding out more about you. So how best can people connect with you? Yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to connect with folks. I truly, absolutely love helping job seekers and those that are looking to advance their careers. You can reach me um, via email at kate at quirkpersonalbranding.com. I'm also on Clubhouse at Quirk Career, as well as Twitter at Quirk Career. And then you're also welcome to visit my website, which is www.quirkpersonalbranding.com. That's Quirk, Q-U-I-R-K. And I would absolutely love to hear from any listeners who have specific questions about their career, resume writing, or interviewing. Wow, this has been a great um, interview and it's definitely been jam-packed with so much information and I'm really grateful that you've come onto the Women in STEM podcast and have decided to share this information with us. Oh it was my pleasure. I truly love sharing what I know with others. Um, I love seeing the results that people get and it just makes me feel really good to know that other other people are benefiting and being able to take care of their families and live the life um, that they really want to um, by being able to help them. So yes, please feel free to reach out. And I want to thank you uh, so much for giving me the opportunity to share this information and interview tips today. Thanks so much.
Thank you for listening to the Women in STEM podcast. I personally really enjoyed recording this episode with Kate. She was definitely a breath of fresh air. She had a lot of energy. And I definitely think that for career advice, I would definitely check out her Instagram page. She's really great at speaking and giving advice. And she's also on Clubhouse as well. And please make sure to keep up to date with the Women in STEM's latest podcasts by making sure that you subscribe, as well as make sure that you check out my Instagram and Twitter at Kelly underscore engineer. And you can also find me out on Clubhouse as well. So um, definitely make sure to keep up to date with the latest episodes. Bye.